It is Monday, October 2nd. The debut of the Drake Toll Show. Drake Toll, alongside Cameron Stewart here on ESPN Central Texas. Aaron Sexton is running the mothership. And Cam, what a Monday to start. When the Baylor Bears, who trailed, now look, this is an all-Texas show. From the Rangers, who made the playoffs, to the Cowboys, who won this weekend, to, you know, the Houston Astros, even reluctant. But right now, the main topic is a 35-7 to comeback. Baylor down by 28 points going into the fourth quarter, uh, or late in the third quarter, I should say. Coming back to win on the road in the bounce house, the, what do they call it, the, the magic in the magic kingdom? What, what's the new? Yeah. Well, you're, you're down by 28 points. Yep. Baylor's got an opportunity to lose another game. I, I, I think the craziest part to me about what happened on Saturday is that at halftime, we're all set up and ready to fire the coach. Oh, yeah. And then by the end of the game, it is Dave Aranda has this new fervor, this new energy. He, uh, he has <laughs> actually come up to now be, be emotional. You saw him on the sidelines. During the, you know, Matt Mosley said it. He was anything but stoic during the win against UCF. I, I vividly remember, I looked over at Bryce Cherry, who was to my left, said, Bryce, what do you do? Sitting at one and four, you just got spanked on the road against UCF, and now you're staring down the barrel of a, there have to be changes with the yeah. coaching staff. And then by the end of this game, I don't think you could have orchestrated a better. You couldn't have orchestrated a better fourth quarter. Yeah, and I mean, I think there were a lot. There were obviously a lot of people who wanted to get rid of this coaching staff before the game, but I think a lot of us, with some sort of no, knew that it was not going to be a middle-of-the-season firing kind of yeah. thing. You know, it was going to be the end of the season. But I think even those people, when it's 21 nothing, eight offensive plays into the game for UCF, you're like, maybe he doesn't make it on the plane home. This is really, really bad. And then we're talking about the biggest comeback in Baylor football history, Baylor program history. Baylor history. Biggest comeback Unbelievable. in Baylor history. And, and just to, for that offense... What we've seen the last couple of weeks to be able to pull off just 26 points in a quarter is unbelievable. Yeah. But 26 in the fourth quarter and 26 to nothing in the fourth quarter. Had it all the way. Call line is open. Had it GMC all the way. GMC Auto Group call line 254-662-1660. It's 254-662-1660. The CMC Auto Group phone line. Uh, Baylor... In, in what seems so, so to me, we, we've got 73 to 14 combined score between the Texas game and 73 to 13 between the Texas game and the first half of the UCF game. Yeah. So my, my question is, if I'm a player, if I'm a 19 year old kid, what, what do I have to play for when my team has gotten spanked like that for six consecutive quarters? We have one win all season. What, what I don't understand is how Dave Aranda kept the locker room to the point. Yeah, that's the most amazing part. Is it, and yeah. it, may, it poses the question, is it just Blake Shapin? Is the reason this happened Blake Shapin? That, it's a good question, and it seems out there, but look, he was clearly the difference in this game and the attitude. I mean, you heard them talking after the game. I mean, Blake was like, you know, I believed in this the whole time. I believe in these guys. It sounded genuine. But yeah, I mean, this looked like a team through four games that just had no interest in, in playing for this coaching staff. And of course, we don't know what's going on within those walls. We don't, but just the product we saw on the field, I think it was pretty much a consensus that this team just doesn't look very interested out there. It doesn't look like uh, they're, it looks like they were going through the motions, especially in that Texas game. 
And what we saw on Saturday was the ultimate not giving up. I mean, even before that fumble, before that strip six. I, I gave up. I mean, I, you know. Uh, yeah, and I, I mean, can't blame you. I cannot blame you. I didn't think they were coming back from that. No, I was no. still watching because now it's my job for the Drake Scholl to, Drake Toll Show. Close. Weekdays, 12 to 2. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, no, this this thing's over. I was I literally had the thumbnail ready for Locked on Baylor, early postgame show. Um, and it was not the case. But I was saying even before that strip six, you were like, this is, this is positive. Like, finally something positive. These guys are fighting out there. Both sides of the ball looked like they were like, you know, even 28 points down, we're not out of this thing. Yeah. Which you, it would have been so easy for them to just roll over and die in that game. I think that's almost more impressive than the fact that they actually did win and come back on the road in the conference and score 36 points, which I didn't know they were going to be capable of. 36 year. points for this Baylor offense. That's a season high. The wide zone. <laughs> the, the RVO. We got phone calls coming in. 254-662-1660 on the CMC Auto Group phone line. We got T-Rex, who is coming up on the line. Hey, T-Rex, we just lost you there. Give us a call back. So you talk about Blake Shapen being the X factor. Jeff I mean, Gr- clearly, yeah. Jeff Grimes is on fire. David Randa is on fire. Again, Jeff Grimes, by the way, heck of a second half. What? what and Heck of a second. The guy orchestrated a... A 28-point comeback yeah. by using tempo. I mean, I asked Coach Saranda after the game, like, Coach, what, what offensively, what's the difference here? They said the difference was tempo. The Baylor yeah. used tempo in the fourth quarter. So I said, all right, Dave, was, is, is that moving forward what you do? And he said, you know what? I think so. Got to try it, right? So Got to try it. If you're looking at Blake Shape and has a new sense of urgency, mm-hmm. kid can play ball. We've learned Blake Shape can play, play ball. ball. Monterey, Great decision-making. Monterey Baldwin obviously has a connection with Blake Shape. Play ball. Even more so than Keetron Jackson. So we're looking at a Baylor offense that's now scary if tempo is the new name of the game, if that's what it changes to. And let's see if this guy, who stayed the entire game, agrees. We've got Who T-Rex does? on the phone line. T-Rex, uh, you were there the whole time. Well, of course. I mean, who travels across the country and leaves early? Well, heck, who travels across town and leaves early? Well, that answers the UCF fan base. That's who travels across town and leaves early. Never understand that one. Bounce house. Must have smelled more like the outhouse when we were done with them. I'll tell you that. And, hey, Tempo starts with a T. My name starts with a T. A great show once had Tempo in it. Hey, it's the name of the game. You know, it may not be the first letter in the alphabet, but it's all that mattered on Saturday. T-Rex, I know you'll be at the rest of these games. When's the last time you missed a game? Uh, that, that 2019, I, I wasn't living in Texas yet again, so I um, no. was only flying in and out going a couple games, so didn't make all the games in 2019. No, well, unless you want to count West Virginia 2020 because of some stupid COVID rule that West right. Virginia changed yeah. the following week. Overtime but game, no fans. Oof, that was a rock. That was, that was bad. So, uh, T-Rex, you'll be the rest of these games. My, my whole thing with this, uh, with this Baylor offense, Baylor defense, Baylor comeback, this is the kind of win that transforms the season. To me, this – this value of win, the way that it happened, is the one that transforms the season. Are you buying Baylor 9-3 and three after a 28-point comeback? No, I'm not buying Baylor 9-3. and three. I'm buying Baylor 11-3. and three. Big Trail champions, Cotton Bowl champions. Yes. Now, that's only Baylor, because I think the Sugar Bowl is a playoff tie-in, so that's why I say Cotton Bowl. Baylor does only have one loss, so I, I, I understand. Only one loss in Big in 12 the conference, play. Yeah. So the, the season's alive. T-Rex, uh, Bear Rematch. Games question of the day. What's the craziest Baylor game you've ever attended? There's a lot to pick from here. Uh, well, since I unfortunately wasn't there um, at that one game in 2014 that I hate that everybody keeps talking about because yep. it's been eight years, um, this past Saturday, 
uh, mostly because ah, the fans coming out of the student section, they were pretty silent at the end of the game, and they didn't want any of the smoke when I walked over to the student section. You know, I guess that says the Florida man apparently ain't actually all about it. Craziest game T-Rex has ever been to this weekend. Wow. T-Rex, thank you for your call on the CMC Auto Group phone line. They're still coming in, too, 254-662-1660. looks like Otis. We have Otis on the phone line. What's going on? Hi, this is Otis Allen. Yeah, Drake, I got a question for you and Real Cam Stewart. So my question is... The Real Cam Stewart. Yes, Sorry, this is Otis. the real one. Yep. Yep, yep. So, you know, plenty of Baylor fans might have different feelings this weekend after that comeback one, but the real question is Mac Rhodes. And we saw him on the sideline maybe stewing a little bit towards the end of that game. Is he convinced right now? And what's it going to take to convince him going forward to keep Dave around? Yeah. Look, Mac has been stewing... This whole season, right, Otis? He's he's he's, he's been jacked up. Yeah, the last and I think that's a good point for the, yeah. the wins, the loss. I mean, this guy. I think Mac Rose could be described as a, a an emotional character intense. in a good way. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's an way. intense leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I, I I don't is that question jacked up? What do you if you're Mac Rhodes right now? You're sitting on Dave Aranda is now. I mean, he's two and three, right? If we look at a yeah. holistic view, if you just see the box score of this UCF game, you think, wow, good win for Baylor. But your only other win is LIU, right? Are we, are we, I think Mac has to keep his distance on this. Are we cart before the horse? I think so, a little bit. And look, I, I agree with you in that this could be a win that, that turns around their season. And what I mentioned in the open here was that the biggest, most positive thing, other than actually scoring more points than the other team, was that there was a fight there. And yeah. it looked like these guys wanted to play for yeah. the coach. Which, by the way, this is the second time in the Aranda era that we've really had to question whether guys wanted to play for him. 2020, that first season, which is a wash. I'm still giving it a wash. Um, there was some talks then, and, you know, uh, John Lovett and Tristan Ebner trying to quit the team and this, that, and the other. So I think the positive that Mac takes from that is is that. That, hey, clearly these guys do want to play for Dave Aranda. They they showed it. They They showed some maximum effort, and they played like these guys' jobs were on the line, and these coaches coach like their jobs were on the line. So that's the positive. To be able for the AD to say, this is good, we're going to ride this out the rest of the season at least, I don't even know if he can think that far. ahead. Uh, Mr. Glazebrook, before we get you out of here, the Bear Games question of the day. Give me the... That's all good. Oh. We got Steven from Virginia on the line. Steven, what's going on? Hey, guys, the whole season was hanging in the balance there, huh? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Right. At, at halftime, this did not look good. So I was sitting there. Uh, I went to the game. I was sitting in the corner of the end zone where um, UCF scored to start the game. And when it was 35-7, I was about to look at my friend and be like, hey, it might be time to go. And Baylor was like, actually, it's time for us to go. And they scored 29 straight points. And I still can't believe that. And I hope they ride the wave the rest of the season, right? I hope this is a a moment that turns it around, that shows them what they're capable of, that shows them that they can compete with anybody. Um, I hope this turns the season around, man, because I really want Dave Aranda to succeed. Did Blake Blake look look like the guy for you, Steven? Absolutely. I felt much better. I would say that first pass where he almost threw the interception, I was worried. But after that, I was, locked in. I was locked in. He yep. played about as well as he could have under the circumstances, considering his back was on the ground for the majority of the first half. So yeah. that was a, a that was a 2019 before. Charlie Brewer game. 
Very, and a lot of fans take that as an insult. And the I white really jersey don't like is gray. That. Yep, he has got he is yep. complete. He is wearing anthracite while the entire. Finally, the the students get what they want. Blake yes. Shapin's wearing black the uniform on the field because he was so dirty. I will say this: I actually ran into Sawyer Robertson's family after the game, who I become close with, and his mom. This is a direct quote from Sawyer Robertson's mom: "This was the best game he's played all year." <laughs> I could. <laughs> and her, and her reasoning for saying that was Love his jersey is completely clean, <laughs> stayed off the ground. You know, no, uh, didn't didn't take any big hits in this one for Sawyer. That's uh, good. And yeah. it made me think about how last year for Blake, he kind of had what Sawyer had: four games of getting beat up, yeah. beat around, and nobody's no there time to relieve you. There, there's there's no you know, like for Blake, it was it had to be him. For Sawyer, it had to be him. And now finally, he gets a breath of uh, that's what college football is. Uh, and you see it. So, Stephen, I, I know you've been to a lot of Baylor games. What's the craziest Baylor football game you have been to in person? Either that one or Big Noon against Oklahoma. Yeah, that's good. Double field storm. Uh, I think I saw Stephen at Freight that night too. Is that the is that the night we hung out at Freight, Stephen? That is. That was a you fun know night the college think- yard bar. Yeah, I do. I do know Stephen from Virginia. He has become a Baylor staple, well, Stephen. Thanks for answering the Bear Games question. Thanks for your call on the CMC Auto Group hotline. Thanks, guys. Baylor over UCF, 35-7 the score. I don't know if I've ever seen a head coach get fired mid-game and then unfired in this way. I mean, this is a – we're all having a conversation of not only has Baylor lost four games, one and four, but the way they've all gone, there is no way you can continue to allow this to happen. Yeah, there just wasn't, there just wasn't hope. I said after that Texas game, and it seemed over the top, but I convinced myself of it. That was kind of the lowest in terms of a football program standpoint that I've had as a Baylor fan. It just in terms of there was there wasn't the hope that there was in the past. Both with 2017 and 2020, yeah. the two terrible teams that I've gotten to see, been blessed to see. They were both with first year head coaches, and there was a there was a plan, especially with Rule actually in 2017. That was the most excusable, even, you know, 1-11 was terrible, but it was like, hey, there's something in place here. He's building a culture here. Like, there's there's something to look forward to. This was not that last week. This was year four, coach is done. There's, our season's over before the calendar even turns to October, and what is next? This team had no fight in them. They're just going to cruise through the next eight weeks of the season, and all of a sudden it just turns around in one half of football which I don't know that I've seen, not in a Baylor season anyway. Baylor might be good now. Might, might be good. We woke up There's today. There's those winnable games in the Big 12, man. And Baylor might be good at football now. Hey, coming up on the Drake Toll Show, Washington State and Oregon State. Will Baylor get some new roommates in the Big 12? There are some numbers that point that direction. Later on, the Dallas Cowboys, they're bad in the red zone. That's one thing. I, I'm missing Dalton Schultz right now, and Vern Lundquist joins the show at 1.30. Coming up, new roommates, Big 12 this the Drake Toll Drake Toll Show. The Bears are back home at McLean Stadium this Saturday, hosting Coach Joey McGuire and the Texas Tech Red Raiders on Go Gold Weekend in Waco. 5 p.m. for the Baylor Alumni Tailgate Show with a 7 p.m. kickoff. Join John, JJ, and Ricky for all the play-by-play. It's the Bears and the Red Raiders. Big 12 football this Saturday, and it's right here on ESPN Central Texas. 
Rise and Dine with a Fiesta Brunch at La Fiesta every Saturday morning. Come enjoy family recipes made from scratch like Huevos Rancheros, breakfast enchiladas, chicken and waffles, or on the lighter side, avocado toast. And don't forget to try their Mexican coffee, fresh squeezed orange juice, or even a peach bellini. It's a Fiesta Brunch, La Fiesta, located off Franklin Avenue in Waco. La Fiesta, where passion is our most important ingredient. Every day, InCommons Bank strives to be the best community bank in Central Texas. Each of their six Central Texas locations have a proud history in the communities they serve. In addition, InCommons Bank offers modern-day services to their customers, including mobile banking, where you can access your account night or day, insurance services to make sure you are covered, competitive home mortgage loans, and free business checking. At InCommons Bank, you can open your new account online. It's quick and easy. Learn more at InCommonsBank.com. Member FDIC and Equal House. I'm Amy Hunter, owner of Jeff Hunter Toyota. As you know, there's a lot of road construction in front of our dealership. Improvements are being made every day. And new Toyotas are arriving every day. All kinds of makes and models with new and exciting features. The Toyota brand is a leader in the automotive world in both popularity and reliability. Stop by and let us prove it to you. Shop Jeff Hunter Toyota. Toyota quality. Waco Values. Find sports news, streaming, and show podcast at SyntechSportsFan.com. The Lorena Athletic Association meets the first Monday of each month, and they invite all supporters of the Leopards and Lady Leopards to become members and attend the meetings. Each year, all-volunteer Lorena Athletic Association awards college scholarships to deserving Lorena ISD graduating senior student athletes. They also provide needed items each year from the high school and junior high coaches' wishes list. The Lorena Athletic Association is seeking volunteers to work concession stands at home sporting events. Call Lorena High School for more information or check them out on Facebook. At Bush's Chicken, you can always count on getting the best chicken, the best tenders, and the best tea at the best value. Plus, one of the great traditions at Bush's Chicken is Tender Tuesday. We make it quick and easy to feed the entire family with 16 tenders, a family gravy, and four rolls. Bush's Chicken, simply the best. Dynamic Fabrication Solutions specializes in industrial maintenance, structural steel fabrication, and erection, all forms of welding, and much more. Their team of qualified professionals have secured a sterling reputation in delivering high-quality products and outstanding customer service. They are committed to delivering the best product possible in an efficient manner so you can move forward with peace of mind. Dynamic Fabrication Solution LLC is the number one specialty contractor in Central Texas. For more information, dynamic-fs.com. Monday, noon o'clock. Ray Tolshow alongside Cameron Stewart, Aaron Sexton running the mothership. Cam, after a big Baylor weekend and a big win over UCF, there have been murmurs the last couple of weeks that the Bears will have new teams to deal with in the Big 12. We got Jack on the line here on the CMC Auto Group phone line. We'll head to him first, then we'll get into that. Jack, what do you got for us? Well, Drake, looking at the rest of the schedule, this kind of goes into your next point, but I was looking at the schedule, play Tech next week at home, of course, but I think if we win that game, Cincinnati, Iowa State, Houston, those are three very winnable games. Of course, Iowa State at home, and then if we do that, man, can we go all the way? Can we turn this into a win streak? Can we turn the season around? What do you guys think? 
You have to. See, no reason why not. You have to. No reason why not. And at this point, I think you've beaten one of the best seven teams in the Big 12. UCF yep. proved to us, even with Timmy McLean at quarterback, that they were a good football team. They gave, they gave Kansas State a really good run in Manhattan last week. And obviously, they, they beat the hell out of Baylor for 40 minutes of football. So you're looking at a strong, strong UCF team that was the better team on Saturday. I don't want to say Baylor got lucky, but we're not using the word miracle hyperbolically. Right. I mean, UCF, that's why we still call it an upset, which which it is, but UCF is probably the better team. And, and I mean, even this Big 12 in general, you look past one, two, and probably three, it's wide open, Drake. Oh, absolutely. It's wide open. It, and to be honest with you, I mean, Gabriel looked a lot better for OU on Saturday uh, than what we saw from him last year, but... I'm not totally sold on Oklahoma. I think Texas is a lot better. So Texas, OU, Kansas State. Then after that, I mean, TCU's coming off a loss. West Virginia could be that next team, honestly. BYU and Cincinnati, you don't necessarily know what you got there. Uh, Those two got to play on Friday. So it's it's pretty open after those two and and possibly three spots in the Big 12. I'm not trying to say they're going to go to the Big 12 championship game, but with that schedule coming up and, and a few of those sprinkled in at home, it it does mean that this team should be going on a winning streak if they play like we saw in the second half on, on yeah. Saturday. Uh, Jack, uh, your favorite Baylor win, your, your Bear Games question of the day, the craziest Baylor football victory that you've been in person for? Craziest victory had to be uh, when we beat Oklahoma at home last year, stormed the field. Lincoln Riley cried after the game in the post-conference because he didn't get to his helicopter in time. But I think the craziest game of all time was 2019 against Oklahoma at home when Jalen Hurts oh. decided he wanted to play football in the second half. Sickum Jesus, that baby. That's the Sickum Jesus. That's the last, yep. what many recall is the last fun Baylor football game at home. Uh, but I, from a from an engagement standpoint, which I think even the many, LIU game Many was, have said that. Even the LIU game was, or the Texas game, I should say, was solid. Uh, but that, that was, was 28-3 was rough. The storm of the field twice against Lincoln Riley is probably the best, the craziest of the last couple of years. I say crazy though. That game wasn't really yeah, it crazy. Wasn't nuts, just right. It was it was yeah. it was a great day. Twenty eight three is nuts. So Jack's thank Jack, thanks for your call. All right, bye, Jack. So this whole Oregon State, Washington State into the Big Twelve thing. What I find so interesting about it is right now, the valuation for conferences in college football in a twelve team format is $320 million a year. So the Big 12 will make an average of 320 as will the ACC, the Big 10, and the SEC. The Pac-12 doesn't exist anymore. We've already decided right. it's Pac-2. the Pac-2. Yep. It does, it's not a real thing. But they have a two-year grace period through like 2026 where they still, on paper, have to exist. By rule, they exist. So if there are only two teams in a conference that via the grace period is still a real thing, that means that one of those two schools gets an automatic bid to the college football playoff. Again, so that's what's this. in the contract. This is ultimate sickos committee. And those two teams uh-huh. will split $320 million worth of conference great. output because, because that's what the contract says. That's what the grace period says. And what's wilder is if we want to get out of this, if we want to do something different and veer from this, you have to go through the college football playoff committee. Washington State President Kurt Schultz, guess what he's on? Guess what he's on? Uh, I'm going to guess he's at the Gaylord every year doing the college football playoff committee. He is on the college football (laughs) playoff committee. They're going to be the richest athletic department in the country. And for them to pass anything, you know what they have to have? 
They gotta have his vote. They gotta have a unanimous vote, they and do, they've baby. got the Washington they State do, President baby. on the board. Uh, uh, so the only way oh, chess, that not checkers. Man. ESPN doesn't dole out six hundred and forty million dollars to two schools over the next two years. There's one scenario, and it's Washington State and Oregon State wave the white flag and say, "Fine, we'll forfeit that money. That money will be split amongst all the conferences for them to be put into Power Five league." And the Big Ten's not taking them. The SEC's not taking them. The ACC won't exist. They've already taken their teams. There is one location, one destination for Washington State and Oregon State. Picture this. Picture this. You are looking live. It's Corvallis, Oregon. The Baylor Bears. The Oregon State Beavers. September 7th, 2026. Oh, honorary captains, Shea Langoliers, Natalie Rushman. (laughs) Fantastic. That's a reality, right? So we think about it from the Big 12 standpoint of, hey, should the Big 12 want these teams? With the scenario you just laid out there, do these teams want the Big 12? I mean, yes. you can you could just go totally renegade here, stay in the conference, do the playoff thing, get all this money, and then say, all right, now someone come and get us. Someone get us. Look, we <laughs> we don't uh, you know we don't have the markets. But neither, uh, we, ne- we never did. Well, too, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oregon doesn't but, have the market but, either. But pause there. Oregon State doesn't have the market. And, and maybe, sure, market, yes. But viewership, no. Washington State's a top five team in viewership in the Big 12 and in, in, the, in the Pac-12. You're looking at a team that has better viewership than Baylor, Oklahoma State, TCU, better than Colorado since 2019, which obviously has changed now. Washington yeah. State is a is a fairly big brand in college football that gets overlooked because their football team has just sucked for so long. Yeah, and they just they don't have much of a tradition. But you look at those two things. You look at that viewership and you look... I know this doesn't come into conversation much, but money in the bank. You know, that, that athletic department financially, which is all they care about, yeah. is about as sexy as an SMU, which just got added to the ACC. With that money, it's more sexy than Cal. Cal stinks. Cal stinks at They're everything. Also, Cal is four hundred and fifty million dollars in debt. Yes, that's more than any other college Take in America. That California and the ACC has only taken Cal and Stanford and SMU for free, by the way, which is yes. just the st- SMU one's different. So yeah. asinine. It's the hey guys, we'll just you don't have to pay us. We just kind of oh boy, you think Baylor tuition's high? Yeah, lower than SMU's, and this is before the market deal. So. Bump it yeah. up, <laughs> and they, they they think that they can pay for this for eight, ten years. That SMU can just be in. They think W's paintings are what's gonna right, and just keep donating and the, keep them over the top. Nobody's gonna have to. Uh, was, nobody's gonna have to pay them for years. Yeah. So, and in the Big Twelve, like if I'm the ACC, I would rather have Washington State and Oregon State based on those figures than I would Cal and SMU. Especially if you already know you're going to the West Coast. So then if that's a valuable well, right. I think that's more the thing is that, hey, you're already there. Right. You're already out there. You might as well bring these, bring these teams in because the Big 12 is in a better situation stability-wise than the ACC is. ACC is in trouble. That's the thing. Because, and I, look, they've got their whole roster right now. But as we've seen the last few years, only the strongest are surviving in these. And... I just don't know what the ACC is going to do to entice keeping Clemson, Florida State, Miami, 
other than the fact that Dabo doesn't want to face that. Okay, so if we've already established here that Florida State says they want to get out of the ACC, Clemson wants to get out of the ACC, and you know UNC does, they all voted no to adding these new teams. They had to vote multiple times just to get somebody else to say yes, NC State finally folded. If those teams leave the ACC, the powerhouse squads, Miami wants to follow suit. They're not going to see Clemson leave the ACC and go, oh yeah, we'll just stay here, I guess especially with SMU coming in for free. That's not very enticing. So it, as that league falls apart, does Florida State look at the Big 12? Does UNC look at the Big 12? I mean, well, they obviously s- have their ideal destinations. And it's not the Big 12. No. I, wh- why would it but, be, right? Compared to the SEC or the Big 10, the Big 12 is not pretending to be the best conference in America. Yeah, and I think from an SEC standpoint... They might just be like, you know what, Clemson, we're all set. Yeah, we we don't need that. You know, from a competitive from a competition standpoint, they're never going to be beat mm-hmm. in football, which is all that matters. And so they really are looking at brand slash viewership, and not that Clemson's a bad brand, but you already have the flagship school in that state in your conference, and you say, well, you know, why would we do that when we could do something like we just did with getting a Texas and an Oklahoma? Two of the biggest athletic departments in the nation, totally bringing in, uh, I mean, three or four new television markets through that, adding in a whole new region, and adding in those recruiting bases too. That's not the same as Clemson. Clemson's better right now, for sure, on the field. But again, that's not necessarily what they're looking at. So North Carolina, that's a little bit different. But if you're looking at Clemson from the SEC standpoint, they're like, well, why wouldn't we just get Florida State? and just corner Florida instead of cornering South Carolina. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, again, I don't want to say, like, Clemson's this poverty program and who's going to want them, but I just I don't think it's as easy as, well, if Clemson wants the SEC, they're one of the best programs in the country right now. Of course the SEC wants them. I don't know if it's that simple. So then, if you are, but if you're the SEC or the Big Ten, you start to think, like, okay, Big Ten might want them. Here's a team, here's a school that has won a lot recently, and the yeah. wins and the losses are not what go into expansion near as much as people may think. It's more brand size, it's money, it's endowment, it's... University of Texas proves that. Yep. It's your reach, it's TV, it's all of this stuff combined, parlayed together, that, that don't really include wins. The, the wins part is something that's on, off, off the table, it's on the side. So, for Clemson, that 15 years ago, we didn't care. Nobody cared about Clemson. Oh, 10 years ago. Barely right. Clemson really. was, at that point in time, comparable to, I don't want to say to a Big East team, uh, but it was it's it's low. But like West Virginia? Middle, low. Yeah. Yeah. Like a West Good. They, they were solid. The way West Virginia was in the, big, in the Big East, I should say. Like, always solid. Not really a BCS New Year's National 16. champion in what, 90, maybe? 80. I think it was Clemson 80. Clemson was 80. Yeah. At Ken Hatfield. Yeah. Danny Ford. Denny Ford, I think, sure. was that. Was that Clemson National Championship? So, the guy who got punched by Woody Hayes. Yes. That guy's probably still there. I yeah. am. So I, the way that I see this shaking out, if you're a Baylor fan, if you're a, a, a Big 12 fan, if you're a TCU, Texas Tech, I believe these teams in the Big 12 will be playing a Washington State and Oregon State in conference in the next couple of years. And you probably think, oh, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. How would that be, how would that be possible? But when you break down the fact that $320 million is on the table. That doesn't want to be wasted. The Big 12, SEC, the other conferences don't want to see that money go to two teams. They want that for themselves. Yeah. I mean, that, that is not just program changing. That is school changing money. 
$160 per school to go to anybody. And if you're a person in power, you can't let that happen. Right. So the only consolation for Washington State or Oregon State to say, fine, we will forfeit that much money is to go to a conference, to a Power 5 conference. And that gives them some leverage, for sure. 100%. And, and the good thing about the Big 12 from this standpoint is, I mean, those two teams are not going to the SEC. Of course, that's never going to happen. The other two major conferences, they're already out there. Yeah. We talked about it. I mean, Big 10 has got their schools from what from out west. ACC's got their school schools from out west. Big 12 doesn't. The Big 12 is the only one that can tap into this market and have it be worth it. What do you think about the idea that, I mean, again, there's the weird Baylor flying to Pullman for a conference game. <laughs> Texas Tech yes. going to Corvallis talk for about, a conference football yeah, game. Talk about truck stop country. Cross country. Pullman, Washington. Oh, yeah. Got to fly into Seattle and then drive for hours on end. To pull. Is Seattle the <laughs> closest? Maybe Boise's got an airport. Yeah, but Boise. Boise's pretty if close. Moscow's got an airport. Boise's closer to Pullman than Seattle is. Yeah. From what Spokane. I know of, of the Northwest. Uh, you're not close to SeaTac, so you've got your cross-country you're team. You're Seattle. Yeah, men's tennis tomorrow plays in Corvallis, <laughs> flying from DFW yes, to... Yes, baby. That's, that's a down equestrian? Do we know that? No, I don't think they do. I don't think they do a lot of equestrian Washington on the West Coast. Washington State should. Fresno State has equestrian. I do know that. Washington State's in the middle of nowhere. Did you know Fresno Idaho. State is in the Big 12 in equestrian? No. Fresno State is a Big 12 equestrian team. No. 100%. No. 100%. So we are... Well, we, one of us is locked on Big 12. The other's not. What so. we have not talked about is, sure, college football expansion is crazy. College equestrian expansion and, co- and conference realignment has Wild been West, baby. nuts. Missouri wrestling is in the Big, is in the big 12 as well. Good so as, as wild as you think for Washington State being in the Big 12 is, Fresno State already is. Still is. Automatic. What a brand. Brent Dilfer. Now, we keep going out West. What, and what's keeping Brett Yormark from doing this? The guy's already shown, hey, I'm a businessman. I'm savvy. I'm the guy that wants yeah. to go out and make, and make money moves. If this is going to bring more money to the conference because you have more teams, then what's the, why wouldn't you make this move? Well, I think, I think from a Yormark standpoint, he's just letting this leverage play out. I talk about the, the leverage that Washington State and Oregon State have with that money. It's not the same leverage as, as the Big 12 has. Big 12's good. We're fine. And if Washington State and Oregon State are going to try to use theirs to, you know, modify this TV deal that Yormar, clearly that was the number one thing on it on his list. He's already worked it out. He got ahead of it. If they're trying to fudge with that any more than it already has been in the expansion of teams, Yormark's going to be like, no deal, bud. Not not worth it for me. There has to be some worth in it for me. Yeah, I think that's why. I think he's just playing it out here. And, and I think there is something to the other conferences just saying, what are these two schools going to do? You know, they're already putting their own Pac-12 meetings behind closed doors of just those two teams because technically they're the two teams in the conference. So it's like, almost like going next to that crazy guy in the subway. You're like, just what is he going to do? Let's just let this play out before, let's not do anything too preemptive. So do you let him in? You're Brett, you get to be Brett Yormark here. You get to decide whether or not the Big 12 goes to 18 teams and expands out west. And at that point, now you have to decide protected rivals, pods. To be what, how do you balance out a schedule where Houston and Washington State, where UCF and Washington State are in the same conference? Because that's what we're talking about numbers-wise, where this might have to happen. I do it. Lock it just in. Because, just because, and, it, and it's not like a slam dunk for me, but I would do it in your Mark's position just because that, again, the word leverage. 
that's kind of the leverage he's built up in terms of this conference expansion of, hey, you know, we're, we're not getting huge markets. We're not going to do that. What we're going to do is we're going to get some good markets, which neither of these really are, but Cincinnati and Orlando, Florida in general, those are good markets. Not great, but good. And say, hey, we're, we're going to have good competition on the field. These are big athletic departments still, you know, not big markets, but big athletic departments, real legitimate power five schools. And we're going to have as many of those as possible. It's almost a quantity over quality thing. And he's like, you know what? I, I know that guy, Camp Stewart. He really likes that orange and black. I think it's cool too. Let's bring Oregon State in. Speaking of quantity over quality, the quantity of Dallas Cowboys red zone trip mm. versus the quality of Dallas Cowboys red zone trips is pretty drastic. This Masa team, Manos, similar yeah. to the Baylor Bears, who had six red zone trips and six points against the Texas Longhorns, this Cowboys team whether against New England, especially against Arizona, seems to have everything it takes to get to the red zone. 20 to 20, they're good. They're and real good. To the point where, I don't know if you've seen Brandon Aubrey's uh, field goal kicking yardage on all of his made field goals, but it's insane. We'll get to like that. like a mile. Right here. This is the Drake Toll Show. Go Cowboys! This is Dallas Cowboys football 2023. Shotgun for Prescott. Looking left, looking right. Only heard here. You check down to Dowdle on the right side, running hard. All season. Rico Dowdle, touchdown Cowboys. Sunday night, it's your Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers, live from Levi's Stadium on this Dallas Cowboys radio network station. It's the Cowboys and the 49ers, Sunday starting with the pregame at 6 here on ESPN Central Texas. At CMC Auto Group, we don't have a popcorn machine in the lobby or any other crazy gimmick to get you in the door. I'm Justin Kramer. When you walk in, you will be greeted by me or Julio. We have been selling quality, pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs for the last 20 years by offering upfront best cash price to save you time and money. At CMC Auto Group, I want to invite you to come by Highway 6 and Imperial, shake my hand, and see what makes us different. Established in 2007 and independently owned, Alliance Bank Central Texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals. From their tellers to their board of directors, they know the importance of superior service and competitive products. Customers have confidence knowing that their financial business is in good hands. Alliance Bank Central Texas with two Waco locations, also in Temple and Georgetown and at AllianceBankTexas.com. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Make your vehicle look and run like new again at CNC Collision Center. They're your locally owned and operated location for paint and body repairs, frame straightening, spray and bed liners, and wheel alignments. CNC Collision Center offers free estimates, and they will also come to you for vehicle pickup and delivery. Have your car restored to its original beauty at CNC Collision Center. 5849 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville at cnccollisioncenter.com and find them on Facebook. Come check out the end of summer clearance sale at Marineland Boating Center, home of Yamaha Boats. Many of our boats are now priced as low as they can go. You don't want to miss out on these incredible deals. Also, for a limited time, we're offering free accessories packages worth up to $2,750 with select Yamaha boats. Imagine the satisfaction you would feel owning a new boat. Visit our website, MarinelandWacoYamaha.com, or Google Marineland Boating Center. You can see in our reviews why we are the highest rated boating center in Central Texas. 
Robinson Athletic Booster Club proudly supports the athletics of Robinson High School, a nonprofit organization comprised solely of volunteers that lend a hand and encourage everyone to participate, whether in concession sales, event planning, finances, or even time. Robinson Athletic Booster Club is able to support the athletic program by purchasing equipment, supplies, and providing scholarships. For more information on how you can help, contact Denise at 254-214-3625. Let's go Rockets! is the Drake Toll Show. Oh, rolling through the noon hour on day number one. This is a jam for all the fellas, Drake. Yeah. Just talking football, conference realignment, you know, the dude stuff. Guys being dudes. The thing is, it's not your grandma's show. But really? it also is, to a very real extent, it, it could be your grandmother's show. My grandmother is nuts in a great way. She's still with us. Yes, she is. Just over 90. Is that Shout right? To grandma. Yeah, I'm going to see her next week. Any Big day fun. Down. Good for her. Good she, for her. She, when she went to boarding school as a kid, she was the only person in the history of her boarding school that failed. Ever. She was the only one ever. That failed the table etiquette class. Wow. They graded them because they were supposed to be, you know, ladies. This is like right. late she's, 40s. She's been around a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. This is right around the Great War. Yes. Yes. She was. Um, this is the second Great War. Right. Bigger one, yeah. Her father was in that one. Is that right? Yeah, she moved around a bunch. But yeah, wow. she failed table etiquette. So I think that would be a great show. This is your grandmother's show. It'd I'd be, love it'd to be get good her to on. bring her on the show. She could give betting tips. Oh god, she. I was having a no conversation idea. with someone today. It's like, hey, could you be our betting expert on the Drake Toll Show? They said, I know nothing about betting, and I thought, well, really, it's just fifty. Perfect. This is. It is just fifty-fifty if the odds are even. You'll probably win. It's like playing. It's like doing the March Madness bracket right. or fantasy football. Of hey, I don't know anything. Perfect. Red You're or black. In great shape. You get yeah. twenty-one, and we're in. Dallas Cowboys thirty-eight. New England Patriots three. Ouch. Um, Cam, you were at this game. I was at the game doing some scouting. Yep. Uh, you were there when it was ten to three. You were you were there yeah. when it looked like hey wait a second maybe I was New there England at three three maybe yeah. New England can make a make a little bit of a run here after the first quarter. I, one of my favorite parts of the entire, I got to watch this in Dallas. I was flying in back from Orlando, and Kevin Burkhart says, who has called the Super Bowl, by the way, as yeah. with Greg Olson. Look, nothing against Kevin Burkhart, but that's kind of Super why. Bowl voice. Kind of We're going to have a guy on later who should have, like, he's a Super Bowl right, voice. Vern Literally called Super Bowls, yeah. And Burkhalter says, Brandon Aubrey is lined up for what, like a 60-yard field goal. Then there's a penalty that backs him up five yards. So Brandon Aubrey, whose longest kick to this point is like 40 yards. He's, he's kicked 10 field goals, and they've all been within 40 yards. Because the is Cowboys, that a good thing or a bad thing? It's, it's, it's I think terrible. it'll get more damning into what we're talking It is terrible because yeah. the Cowboys' offense in the red zone is so bad. Yeah. But Burkhart, as Aubrey is back, it would have been a 65-ish yard field goal, something I wish I could remember the number. And Burkhart goes, if they line up Brandon Aubrey for this field goal, mind you, end of the first half, it's already out of reach. Yeah. If they line him up for this field goal and he makes it, he's going to leave this stadium without pants. And it was so dumbfounding. That I'm, just, gr- I'm trying to right. sift through that no, 100%. for because I didn't hear the broadcast. It's so. so dumbfounding that Greg Olson, who says weird stuff like that, did not respond. We just kind of left it open air after Burkhart said, if Brandon <laughs> Aubrey nails a 65-yard field goal, he will leave Dallas Cowboy Stadium without yeah. pants. Okay. 
Like that guy at Neyland Stadium over the weekend. Yes. Basically did. So is or, the idea that it will be so exciting that he will take lose his, pants his pants off? Or will, my, my, we also got to take into account this is two pairs of pants because yes. the ones he's wearing as he's going to kick, 100%. I don't think are the ones he's going to leave the stadium in. No. So is it is it that? Are, are, is he going to be mobbed by fans out of the locker room and they're going to take his pants? specifically want just his pants? Are there going to be I think, rowdy fans who are looking to thank him and <laughs> that they will not give back his pants afterwards? Or And it, at really uh, the root level of this, you could say, oh, it means the ladies that are cow, cowgirls yeah. out there would be wanting a little piece of one Brandon Aubrey who has now Good looking guy. kicked a long yeah. field goal to make it 31-3, to right. by the yes. way. Uh, so obviously Difference at that point... Game. At the stadium, he would be such a hot commodity amongst the female demographic that which there he were a few yesterday yeah. would leave partially in the nude. I have questions that Kevin Burkhart probably can't answer. Is it something where he's trying to avoid the crowds? Like, hey, I made that field goal go up 31-3. I'm going to get mobbed. Like the kid that played for the Saints and security stopped at the kicker. They stopped him on the field like, hey, you can't get in here. And he's like, I'm the kicker. Like maybe, Probably just like that. Maybe if Brandon Aubrey... Just like that. I'm thinking back to when if, Theo Epstein was with the Red Sox. He was trying to leave, and he was going to get mobbed by the media, so he left in a gorilla suit. Uh-huh. Is this kind of it? But they're like, hey, you know, if I'm not wearing my pants... Right. That they, they didn't see me come in, they're not going to know me. Like, if I'm not wearing or, my pants... Or, I'm not wearing my pants, they're going to think, no way, that is the kicker, because why would he leave right. without pants on? And maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's checkers by Kevin Burkhart. Like, security's going to stop me. And be like, hey, we got we got to have those, and they they push it back. Cowboys. A lot of a lot of options is what we're saying. Right. Plenty of things. A plethora of things. And that I don't he think Kevin Burkhart will be calling into today's show to let us know exactly why he said what he said. But I'd if really you're out, like hey, hey Kevin, look, if you're out there, two five four six six two sixteen sixty, CMC Just Auto still in the area. CMC Auto Group phone line. Cowboys are now three and one with a forty to nothing win, a thirty to ten win, a thirty eight to three win. And then a game that happened last Sunday against the Cardinals. Yeah. 28-16 against the NFL's worst team, which is the parity of the league. You don't think... Aaron, says, Aaron does not think not, he's going to say the Patriots. close to the worst team in the league. The Arizona Cardinals? Did you see they all... They almost... They gave the They're 49ers He's riding the game. Josh Dobbs he, he, They gave them Josh a game, and good. the 49ers uh, may be the best Josh team Josh Dobbs is good. I will give it to you. They have played... If Cardinals Arizona played, is not the worst team in the league... The fans should be trying to throw. It out makes their own no sense why they're not the they worst beat team Denver. They, should, they, they should beat Denver or Chicago do. by double digits. Wow! How about a sickos committee game that yesterday? Yeah, yeah. Ah, <laughs> Denver, Chicago, man. Oh, why can't we? Why gross. can't the Patriots get a Denver or Chicago? It was just baseball? as gross as it needed to be yesterday. The Denver and Chicago game. Oh, what a comeback! Right? Brutal. If you're a Broncos fan, how do you celebrate? How do you? How do, like Justin Fields is cooking. Did you know Zach Wilson's the first quarterback to outplay Patrick Mahomes ever? In Mahomes' college and NFL career, yardage ever completions, interceptions, touchdowns. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean I'll play. That's all four. Ask, he ask all Dak four Prescott categories. fantasy owners the last couple of years. If all four categories. Ask Dak Prescott fantasy owners this year specifically. The defense, well, yeah, but the they're Dallas. good this year, and he's well. Well, he doesn't have to be. That's, His numbers aren't great. So, so here's what I what I'm thinking with yeah, the Dallas let's, Cowboys. Let's, let's pick this apart. Red zone offense. You're missing two pieces that were there last year. The red yep. zone offense obviously isn't great. And who's gone? Mr. Automatic from three yards out. 
Mm-hmm. Is he, you give Zeke Elliott the ball inside of three yards, he's going to score the touchdown. That, that, this is what we do with him. We give him the ball, he goes into the end zone. Tony Pollard, much better on second and seven. We give him the ball, he gets a first down. Dalton Schultz. I think that's a big one. Who I, th- I, I think we are all undervaluing, because people keep making this point of like, oh yeah, well, Hendershot's just Dalton Schultz. Oh yeah, Jake Ferguson's just Dalton Schultz. Any of these, bring me white tight end, guy, tight, tight end, a, number It's a tricky three. position to get right. Right. White and guy, you really tight notice when you don't get it is right. Dalton Schultz. And I don't think that's true. You, you see Dak is missing a big, consistent red zone threat. Was it that? I think it was the first game where Jake Ferguson just dropped a ball. Like, here's Jake Ferguson's yeah. wide-open touchdown. And, you know, obviously it didn't matter in the end. But here's your wide-open touchdown, and he dropped it. Dalton Schultz doesn't drop balls. He's a good tight end. We undervalued what he brought to the red zone. And now you open the conversation of, without Ezekiel Elliott, who is your second and goal from the two-yard line? And not line just those back? guys. Who is who's creating the push? That's the other thing. You lost those two guys in moves, but you're battered off on your offensive line. Right. And that shows with the sacks that Dak took yesterday. Again, not, not too consequential to the game, but... I mean, yeah, and, and I think where it comes down to is I was just not impressed with the receiving core at all. And a little bit of the play calling, too. I know we love Mike McCarthy's play calling, but there was a point in the game. So Christian Gonzalez goes and down for the, the Patriots. The Texas Coast offense, man. Who's going to be the rookie defensive rookie of the year. Um, excellent through three games. And that puts the Patriots down four corners. Top four corners are not playing at that point. And they're throwing... Uh, throwing screens, throwing balls to the line of scrimmage. And I'm like, look, C.D. Lamb in space, that's always great, but why don't you test these guys? Like, they have two NFL cornerbacks on the roster right now. Yeah. And you're not taking them vertically. All game, they didn't. And again, I guess they didn't need to. But, I mean, that, to have that, you might not need to worry about the red zone troubles as much. Instead, you go one for four in the red zone. And I was gonna, I took the under in this game and I totally undervalued the big play ability, the deep ball threat of the Dallas Cowboys defense. We have not had to have a conversation about how the the offense is just not great. It, it's the middle of a pack it's, offense. It's in the NFL not. Right it's, now. Yeah, it's one that's not going to get it done. And the reason we're not having this conversation about the Cowboys is because they keep winning games by such a broad number. Had had Dallas lost this week, or even had a close game to New England. Now you're looking at a Cowboys team that obviously lost last week. It's Have a more comfortable conversation week, to have. We get to have the the whole yeah. open. Because like Dak, after the game was asked, a reporter says, hey, Dak, you guys suck in the red zone. 29th in the NFL at a 36.8% touchdown rate in the Yeesh, red zone. man. Oh. One third of the times that you make it in the red zone, do you actually score a touchdown for the Dallas Cowboys? That is what we in our industry call bad. Yes. And when they asked Dak B-A-D-D Prescott. B-A-D-D bad. Yep. Hey. This is not a good thing, right? Prescott's response was, we won 38-3, to so I'm not going to sit here and harp on that. So, now we finished it with, that gives us something to work on, but that's it. That's yeah, the cop-out well, they right did now. need something to work on. The cop-out for the yeah. Dallas offense is that the defense might be the best Dallas offense that we've seen in the first four weeks. Yeah, and, and not to, I mean, look, 3-1 and one's 3-1. and one. You can only play the teams that are on your schedule. But when you start to break this down, the Giants don't know at all what you're going to get out of them. Jets still stink, even though Zach Wilson had that great performance. They almost beat the Chiefs last night. 
and the Patriots are going well in the wrong direction. And so I think you really, five weeks into the season, next week is when you're really going to learn about this team, San Francisco, coming in. I mean, that is, that is the one that you have to at least look a little bit impressive. Because when it comes to those big games late in December, when you got to run the ball, and like 16 points isn't going to cut it. A touchdown and three field goals is just not going to do it. No. No. And so I think, yeah, I, I, if I were a Cowboys fan, that would be a worry number one because your offensive line is going to get healthy. But you don't have a short yardage guy. Your receivers are not getting separation. They're not making big plays down the field. And you have a quarter. I mean, Dak has a good day yesterday. I mean, 28 to 34. I mean, most, most teams would kill for that, right? 28 to 34. But for 261 overall, that is a dink and dunk, man. That is a dink and dunk. And if you have an opportunistic defense, which they do, and you're insanely efficient in the red zone, that's when those offenses work. When you're limiting possessions and you can keep the chains moving, you're not getting to third down all the time, which they did, then that is where it works, is when you have third down options, which then become red zone options when the field gets smaller. Right now, the Cowboys do not have that. They've got plenty of talent, but they don't have that guy. They do have the leg of Brandon Aubrey. They do have the leg of Brandon Who Aubrey. Who is 13 for 13. Philadelphia has two of those guys, by the way. Just looking ahead in the division. Philadelphia has two of those guys. 18 for 18 is the record for a start to your NFL career. Brandon Aubrey at 13 and 13. Um, of his 13 pants, field goals. optional. If he gets to 19 and 19, better not see that problem. boy wearing pants. That guy's going to be no half chance. nude. No chance. They used to, you know, they used to not wear shoes in the NFL. Brandon yes, Aubrey says, look, kickers. I will wear the cleats. But if, I'll wear the jock. If the pants are optional, but give it to me. Give me the rock. No way I'm wearing it. I'll keep the socks pulled up. You can't do that in college. I'll keep that. Again, we have pants, a whole. Pants, no go. No a, a, a grown man kicker trotting on the field. And Kevin Burkhalter's like, look, if he drains this, he's leaving this stadium. No pants. <laughs> What in your brain says, I'm going to say it. I've been thinking it, and I'm going to, that's a Tony Romo. going to go out there. We're all thinking it. It's a Tony Romo thing to say, 100%. Did he mean like a new pair of pants? I mean, that's the only thing he could have meant, right? Brandon Aubrey. Which then has some questions, Somebody's going to buy Brandon Aubrey a new pair of pants. But no pants if he makes this wild. field goal. Yeah. Aubrey, even, his, that, even saying it like that, Drake, makes more sense, though. Of his 13 for 13? Uh, seven of them have come from the 20 to 29 yard range, mm. which mm. to me is just baffling, baffling that this isn't a, Hey, look, we stalled at the 30 come kick a field goal. No. Um, 11 of his 13 have come inside of 39 yards. And what I want you to hear right now is when the announcer says, so-and-so is lining up for a 38 yard field goal. You think, Oh, sweet. It's an extra point. This is automatic. Still is. He's going to drain this. And that's just every field goal that Brandon Aubrey kicked. He did have a 55-yarder against the Jets. Um, nice. So he is sitting at 11 of his 13 field goals are because the Dallas Cowboys cannot score in the red zone. 36%. Right, not necessarily because he's a weapon, but because they are the opposite of They're making it easy for him. Maybe the conversation <laughs> was, hey, look, guys, Brandon seems kind of down. We need to make this as easy as possible on the front end yeah. for this kid. Let's just stall out in the red zone and see what happens. Is there anything you see from the game that you're like, why are they just, why are they not doing this in the red zone? It's, it's the fact that they, they actually, I don't, I think it was their only red zone uh, touchdown, or maybe it was just outside the red zone. 
I think it had to have been outside. Um, one-on-one, C.D. Lamb, outside, go up and get it. I mean, that was against Miles Bryant. That yeah. Those shouldn't even count. That's unfair. That's You're playing against a high school kid. But why not? Why not? One-on-one on the outside. you got two guys who are really good at that. C.D. Lamb, big, tall, rangy. Brandon Cooks has great closing speed. Is there something like that that you just need to see more of, like, more from them to succeed in the red zone, Drake? Uh, is there anything like, why aren't they doing this? When you're or is it a personnel? The Patriots secondary, yes. Well, yes. I mean, that, I, that's I, what I mean. It's, I need to see more. Just throw a jump ball. Easy picking. Three on three, three man coverage on CD Lamb alone. I've still thrown this jump ball against New England. And CD only goes what four for thirty six. Yeah, against Sean Wade. Against you New know England. Sean Wade. Didn't think so. That's the first time I've heard the name Sean yeah, Wade. I didn't, didn't think so. This weekend was against the Cowboys. Um, coming up, the Texas Rangers are. Uh, <clears throat> They're there. Going they're at the table. They're going to the postseason. <laughs> they're I hacking guess. up a lung, somebody, but they are at the table. Somebody made a big mistake and let them in. Uh, they're they're going to the playoffs tomorrow. They're on a flight the probably right spot. now to Tampa Bay. Is there any hope for our beloved Texas Rangers? This is the Drake Toll Show. The Bears are back home at McLean Stadium this Saturday, hosting Coach Joey McGuire and the Texas Tech Red Raiders on Go Gold Weekend in Waco. 5 p.m. for the Baylor Alumni Tailgate Show with a 7 p.m. kickoff. Join John, JJ, and Ricky for all the play-by-play. It's the Bears and the Red Raiders. Big 12 football this Saturday, and it's right here on ESPN Central Texas. Are you ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas' premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfied clients. Learn more at barnettcontracting.com. Is buying a home on your wish list? Whether you are looking for your first home or your next home, an educated home buyer is the best home buyer. NeighborWorks Waco. Free home buyer education workshop walks you through the home buying process and answers your questions about everything from money management, understanding credit, obtaining a mortgage loan, and shopping for a home to protecting your investment. NeighborWorks Waco has assisted over 3,200 families in achieving their dreams of home ownership. Visit us at nw-waco.org and let us help you make home ownership a reality. Rise and dine with the Fiesta Brunch at La Fiesta every Saturday morning. Come enjoy family recipes made from scratch like huevos rancheros, breakfast enchiladas, chicken and waffles, or on the lighter side, avocado toast. And don't forget to try their Mexican coffee, fresh squeezed orange juice, or even a peach bellini. It's a Fiesta Brunch. La Fiesta, located off Franklin Avenue in Waco. La Fiesta, where passion is our most important ingredient. Hi, this is Chuck Morgan of the Texas Rangers. You're listening to the home of Baylor Athletics and Rangers Baseball, ESPN Central Texas. Maya Fuel should be your first and local choice for high-quality fuel and lubricant. They are Central Texas owned and operated, independent distribution and bulk delivery company. You call, they haul. They deliver on-road diesel, off-road farm diesel, gasoline, and non-ethanol gasoline. Known for their great pricing and quickest delivery, they also offer non-fee contract fuel. Call Nick, the owner, for all your gasoline delivery needs at 675-8107 or find them at MayaFuels.net. That's MayaFuels.net. 
an exceptional experience and extraordinary results. That's what you receive when you hire the attorneys at Cherry Johnson Sigmund James Law Firm. Craig Cherry, Ryan Johnson, Mark Sigmund, and Scott James are trial lawyers with 100 plus years of combined experience, specializing in catastrophic personal injury and product defect cases, as well as business disputes. They have unmatched credentials, real world experiences, and a passion to serve your legal needs. The lawyers at Cherry Johnson Sigmund James have obtained substantial settlements and over $2 billion in verdicts for their clients, due in no small part to their ingenuity and relentless tenacity. They also have knowledge in business, finance, and engineering. Learn more about Cherry Johnson Sigmund James at cjsjlaw.com. Their Waco office is on the ninth floor in Roosevelt Tower, 400 Austin Avenue. Total Office Solutions is one of the largest locally owned and operated commercial furniture dealers in Central Texas. Their staff of consultants provide project management, layout design, and turnkey installations. Whether you need chairs, desk, or complete furniture renovation, Total Office Solutions is your provider of all steel, Hahn, JSI, and Gunlock furniture. Total Office Solutions, where customer service and satisfaction is their number one goal. 216 Schroeder Drive in Waco and at MyTotalOffice.com. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. Mm. Who sings yes. it? Who sings it? You in a couple minutes. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, dude. That's the perfect song to bring us back to tell you the Texas Rangers have made the postseason. Yeah, for the first time in years. The Rangers Pop are going bowling. Champagne. I Here's the deal. It's almost, you, you have the conversation of, you play 162 games. If you miss the playoffs, what did you do that for? It was such a god-awfully long it is, season. It's so pointless. But if you make the playoffs like this, you look in the mirror and still think, what did we do that for? Because yeah. th- this is just so, it reminds me vaguely of what was it, 2015, 2016, somewhere in there where the Rangers, maybe the last time they made the playoffs. They play the Orioles. They get the O's in the wild card. And maybe this was even earlier than that. I was probably in like seventh grade. I'll date myself, which is a weird thing to do, by the way. You would date yourself. And Drake uh, Toll Show. What? what which hold you on, named, I'm by just, the way. I'm now trying to do the math here. Uh-huh. 16 was Orioles and Blue Jays. Just so you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I'm thinking and about is the Rangers that, what, were the number one. The weird wild card, wild. maybe in like 13 or 14, where the Rangers make the wild card, play the O's, and they lose. That one game wild card, I'm like, oh, well, you're home. Reminds me of uh, maybe my favorite. It's the shortest month of all time, Bucktober. Like that one year that Pittsburgh made the playoffs, and they had a ton of Bucktober shirts. Oh, one wild card. What game. an atmosphere! Though. October first, Bucktober, and that was Bucktober. it. That was it. It was over after Dunzo. that. It was over after one that. for one night only. The, the premiere of Bucktober. The Texas Rangers have a new and improved. I, I just woke up from a coma yeah, from four months ago, and I'm thinking, oh, can't wait to see Jacob Degrom play. Yes, and then, all these all stars. And then someone informs Division me, like, champs. even better, John Gray's going to be out there. Max Scherzer's going to be out there. And then we both realize we woke up from comas at different periods in time. Uh, now you're starting to confuse me. And yeah. all three, yeah, right. Yeah, all three of those guys uh, will not be doing the whole playoff thing. Yeah. So Tough. Nathan Ivaldi, if he if he could pitch every game in this series against the Rays, that would probably be a good Big game pitcher, man. A good start. Big game pitcher. Nate Evaldi, I don't know 
the the worst case scenario is kind of what played out for the Rangers. Now, look, I say that making the playoffs is never a bad thing, but when you have that division lead for almost the whole season, you blow that, and, and it's so late. It's the last day that you blow that. That especially with these three game series now, Tampa's known they're a yeah. wild card team for a week. Yes, they've set up their pitching. So let me give you the good news. You have not. <laughs> let me give you the good news. The Texas Rangers, who scored zero runs yesterday and an opportunity to win the West, all you have Ooh. to do is win. All, all you do is fun. win. You control your own destiny. You win. The Rangers win the West for the first time since I was born. They decided to not. They would rather not. Which, by the way, as I think about it, the Rangers have won the West four or five times in history. Yeah. It's, it's a low and number. It's, and it's happened since you were born. And I think the Astros have done that almost consecutively now. We're talking like the last seven, eight years they've done well, that. Well, yeah, so the Rangers won it in 16, and so the Astros had to have won every one since. Yeah. Correct so, me if I'm wrong. I, yeah, I just don't, I don't think they have, the Angels, definitely not the Athletics. No, I, I was thinking maybe the COVID year someone did, but I don't think uh, so. Uh, here's the good news that I'll give <laughs> you. This is good. Yeah. The Rangers, the Texas Rangers, Bruce Bochy's lineup is maybe the best in the MLB from a, from a hitting standpoint. That's true. Very good at the whole offense thing. First in the MLB in batting average, in the AL, in batting average, in home runs, runs scored. This is the best offense in baseball. Yes. Do, I mean, look, Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, Mitch Garver, Adolis Garcia, Josh Young, Jonah Heim, Leody Tavares, Evan Carter. That lineup is reminiscent of your Ian Kinsler, Michael Young, Nelson Yeah, I Cruz, would say it's also pretty Mike reminiscent Napoli. for those who go back farther. Those late 90s teams that didn't win a playoff game uh-huh. with the Juan Gonzalez's, the Pudge Rodriguez's. The, the A-Rod there for a little flash. Yeah, he didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. Anyway, I, I that's think that's more news. what it looks like. That's the good news. You take that lineup of nine guys on the road to Tampa Bay. Would you like to be filled in with the bad news? Yes. The Rangers have had 63 save opportunities in the Major mm. League Baseball this season. That is 63 times where the Rangers were leading late in a game. A, a pitcher comes in that is on your team to save the game. Of those 63, Jose Leclerc, Will Smith, or Oldies Chapman have saved 30 of them. Oof. 33 times. Yikes. Save opportunity for your pitcher. It's less than 50. This is the game that you win. Percent. This is, we, we give you, that's 47.6% of the time, the Rangers actually win the game when leading late. This is the opposite of that. I think it was 2016, the last time the Rangers made the playoffs when they were like 35 and seven in one in run one game. run games, which is always something a st- red flag. Just, right, it means you're going to lose in the playoffs immediately. Yeah, and it's not a, a future builder. But yeah, and and the other thing too, Drake is I don't know if you know this. I know you haven't been tapped into the ML post, MLB postseason in years. No, the bullpen is important. The bullpen is, is, right? is important. Yeah, I know. It's crazy, but like the pitchers, they don't pitch as long anymore. So the bullpen comes in, and they kind of need that. And also, look, I know no one said this before, but pitching is what wins in the postseason. Looking at the pitchers you know for the Rays, then. So we look at the pitchers for the Rays. This Let's is Killian awesome. Murphy. Game this one. is awesome. The Rays lost three-fifths of their rotation due to elbow injuries. During the season, all elbow injuries. Shane McClanahan, Jeffrey Springs, Drew Rasmussen. Brandon Lowe, out until late October. Jason Adam, also likely out. Rangers, 23. Rays, 
22, final score of game one. Wow. That's, that's, okay. <laughs> we are at the point now where, and obviously, you know, Dunning goes in yesterday on short rest. We just need somebody to try to win the game for the team. We don't trust anybody in the bullpen. How, uh, how long can we keep Evaldi out of there, out there? Was it Bumgarner? They just pitched the entire series yeah, that one year much. for the Giants. Yeah, against Kansas. Where they were like, yeah. we don't have anybody else. Brian, can you, I think he pitched three games in that World Series. He relieved Game 7. Yeah. For the Giants, yeah. yeah. Do we even see Martin Perez start a game in this series? There's no way. There's no way. You, you can't start Martin Perez here. He ha- because you just, need... Slow on, low on ammo right now. I, unless you say, hey, look, Martin... I mean, by, this, by the time Thursday comes around, if Dunning doesn't pitch Wednesday which also could happen, came out on short rest Sunday. I don't think so. But by the time Thursday, it's like, look, it's still short rest by a day. But in that, in that scenario, it would be a game three. Like, we need that. And so you're kind of resetting at that point. This is a, hey, Martin Perez, 40-year-old Martin Perez. You were, legend, you, like, Rangers legend. Ma- Martin, Martin, you were Perez. here with Josh Hamilton and those guys. You remember what it was like. Uh can yeah, you got the tail end of it, I think. Yeah. I don't know. He may have gotten one get one overlap year with Hamilton before that whole Angels, weird Angels thing. The You go to him and you say, we are going to need you to pitch today as the starter. He says, okay, see. But we're going to have to have you go eight innings, possibly nine, with no chance of coming out of the game. That is the, that is the scenario in which Martin Perez gets to throw. Because there is not a single reliever on this team that I want in the game. What do you, where do you use Cody Bradford here? That's who has not been question. bad, who's honestly his last few times out has been fine. He just he right, lost but, his last but is game. He, is he a stretch guy for you? Is he a swing guy? Is he a lefty specialist? Like, where are you using this kid? Hopefully in the slot to win games, especially. That'd if, be great, but he's been in a couple different roles this year, and <laughs> neither none of them have been spectacular, but none have been bad. Right. I mean, he's not going to start game two. For Except for that you. first game against the Braves. That was not good. That was that was really, really tough. That was the Braves. That's like Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You're a missionary. We send you to Antarctica. Congrats. That'd be tough. Same thing. Like, hey. They're heathens out there. Welcome, so, to the yeah. major, welcome to the major leagues. We are going to make you pitch against the Atlanta Braves. And it went exactly like you think. They froze to yeah. death in the first half hour. They were. They forgot to pack coats. They did not bring a jacket. And froze to death. Nathaniel Lowe in the last 30 days, a 165 average. He is slashing mm. 165, 305, 248. What's even worse, this is the worst news. Seeger, your MVP candidate, slashed 207, 270, 328 over the final 15 games of the season. So your offense, which seems so hot, all you got to do. All we're asking you to do is win two games against the Seattle Mariners. Two ga- or sweep sweep the Angels. That's too much. Way too much. That's too much. Just score runs. Or just win half of your last four games. And the Rangers said no. Nah, you know, I don't, I'm good. Instead, we're going to play at 2 o'clock on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. The entire series in Tampa Bay, which we didn't talk much today about Tampa Bay. We can tomorrow. This is the Tampa Bay team. Not only are they hurt, they kind of had the same formula of hey, this division is ours to lose. Yeah. Watch it. It looks like one of the best teams in history through the Watch first Watch us month. go lose this yeah. division, which is what the Rangers did. The Rangers said, hey, look. And a deceptive home field advantage. I, I mean, definite home field advantage, deceptive good atmosphere. I think that is a, uh, that's a direct quote from Josh Young, was this is our division to lose. And a lot of Astros fans used it's that. It's my rookie of the year to lose. <laughs> a lot of Astros fans used it as, 
It was, and you did. It was. Congrats. And you did. Oh, the victory laps on Twitter yesterday. Astros fans were insufferable about it. I think, you know, Astros, Astros fans, fans are always insufferable. insufferable <laughs> Can you believe Especially that? Especially for, yeah. for never mind. And this is a Ranger, this is a Rangers. Aaron I'm, wants to say this is sad. This is a team that used to celebrate world <laughs> championships and now they're celebrating the division title. Just move the goalposts back on it. Yeah. Bang the trash cans, <laughs> celebrate, you know. I was going there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Rangers are in the playoffs. Not Can you ex- feel it? Not exactly. Can you feel it? Not exactly what we were expecting as far as the fervor of this team in the postseason. I mean, by like June, the Rangers fan base was like, just get us to October. Right. Just get us to, this is boring. I mean, we're making, this is too easy. Right. Let's May. just make sure everyone stays healthy, get to October. Take you back to that Yankees game, like 20-3 to three on that Sunday in oh, May. Oh, beautiful. You're like, oh, this is, this is quintessential. And then Max Scherzer comes in the fold. Oh, World now, Series or bust. Everyone was hurt. Bruce Bochy called me yesterday. I didn't know he had my number. And he was like, hey, somebody told me you got 73 from the right side. I said, Bruce, I do. I He's do. like, I can switch some arm angle, too. Yeah. Change that up spike comes in ball. Like 67. Uh, sign me up. Sign me up also. I, I, was, I got to go to BYU this weekend and see the BYU experience. Based, on, based on what Baylor has given us from a... Fan experience, based on what the other teams in the Big 12 give you, I don't think anybody does like BYU. The Mormons are killing. I don't think anybody does like BYU. They are killing. On conference weekend. What is the best atmosphere in the entire Big 12? Let's talk about it. This is the Drake Toll Show. The Baylor Coaches Show, this Wednesday, beginning at 7 p.m., live from Rudy's in Waco, with the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Join us Wednesday and hear from women's basketball coach Nikki Collin and head football coach Dave Aranda. That's Wednesday, live from Rudy's. That's this Wednesday from 7 till 8 p.m., live from Rudy's, and here on the flagship station for Baylor Athletics, ESPN Central Texas. Hi, I'm Baylor alum Dave Smith with RockMyMortgage.com. As an independent mortgage broker with 116 residential and commercial lenders, RockMyMortgage.com is your best option when you need real estate financing. With over 25 years as a mortgage consultant, I'll have you in, out, and saving money with no lender fees and low rates. Whether it's for your personal home, vacation home, or investment property, I have all the options. RockMyMortgage.com, powered by Edge Home Finance, represents you, the Baylor fan, not some big lending company. If you're looking to get pre-approved, visit me at RockMyMortgage.com today. Locally owned and operated, Prestige Recycling is your hometown shredding and recycling company. They're a step above, bringing easy, community-friendly recycling to the greater Waco area. Offering commercial business recycling services. They take aluminum tin cans, cardboard, glass, paper, and plastic. They also offer community drop-off bins located out front of their offices for recycling. Prestige also offers safe and secure document destruction services to commercial business and residents. Prestige Recycling, located at 5198 South Loop 340 in Robinson. Go Wildcats! This is Chuck Luco, president of All County Surveying and Temple. THS class of 1978. Greatest of the great. We are proud of our team at ACS. We're celebrating 35 years right here in Temple. We're also proud of the Temple Wildcat football team. Football is way more than just a game. It teaches young people about life. Let's go to state, Cats. Go Wildcats! ESPN Central Texas is your flagship station for Baylor Athletics.
Slovacek Sausage has found a great home in Central Texas, and we're growing with you. We have found so many ways to celebrate all the great things about Texas. Football, family, and friends, and so much more. We have all of the barbecue, specialty meats, and over 35 kinds of kolaches to make your next meal or gathering a great success, and we do all the work. If you're on the road, we have the best place for your pooch to stop and stretch with our beautiful dog park. So with the hospitality of Texas and our Czech heritage, Vitame Vos. That means we welcome you. At Slovacek's, you'll love our sausage. Qualifications and rules apply. See Ginkgo FCU for detail. Warning, free Ginkgo Kasasa checking may lead to a rise in disposable income due to cash back on everyday debit card purchases, refunds on ATM fees, and eliminations of so-called service fees. Increased satisfaction may result while operating your Genco debit card. If you suffer from chronic money loss, search for help at any Genco branch office. This has been a financial health advisory, courtesy of Genco FCU. My money, my future, my credit union, Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-659-7540. 800-659-7540. That's 800-659-7540. Total Office Solutions is one of the largest locally owned and operated commercial furniture dealers in Central Texas. Their staff of consultants provide project management, layout design, and turnkey installations. Whether you need chairs, desk, or complete furniture renovation, Total Office Solutions is your provider of all steel, Hahn, JSI, and Gunlock furniture. Total Office Solutions, where customer service and satisfaction is their number one goal. 216 Schroeder Drive in Waco and at mytotaloffice.com. The Drake Toll Show, ESPN Central Texas. Drake Toll alongside Cameron Stewart. Aaron Sexton runs the board. The Big 12 has 14 teams this season, Cam. Yep. More than it's had. Good even number. Yeah. Since 2012. More than it's had since 2012. Yeah. That was 12. It was, yeah, it's, it's the most it's had ever. Was, yeah. 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 Uh, it was going to move to 12. That was going to move to 16 teams. There is one, to me, there is one team that is squarely in the running for the best atmosphere of any university that exists in the Big 12. And that would be the one BYU Cougars. I went out to, uh, to Provo, checked out that scene this weekend. Yeah. Cincinnati also went to... Is this a sponsored to, message? No, no, it's oh, okay. not. It's just like an, gotcha. from the heart, like an honest from, from the, the heart, heart message. Okay. Went out to Provo and also went out to Orlando this weekend, the bounce house, as they call it, which is just not structurally sound. It is... There was seventy percent capacity, and everybody started jumping up and down, and it everything shook. The press hey, box. Hey, they they never said it was uh, pristine. It makes me think when yeah. somebody did the construction on that, did they figure out afterwards like, oh, this isn't good? I think they went in with like, you know, it'd be cool if we called this place the bounce house, right? Did they decide, Let's hey, ma- 
Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Right. Hey, look, we're going to call it the bounce house. Um, let's build this in a way that's not structurally sound. Sound, so it bounces. Right. Or If the- they went to, uh, you didn't see this, but on the broadcast, they kept going to the shot of Malzahn on the sideline from from the upper deck camera. And the thing was just, it, it's like running in a football helmet, just up and down, up and down. Up. It was like an earthquake. Yeah, and if they showed that one more time, I was ready to kick UCF out of the conference. They showed that as many times as Taylor Swift was shown on Sunday Night Football. I don't think anything in history has been shown more than that. If you, I don't think the Zapruder take. Like if you took a shot through more for, than that for every time they showed Taylor Swift, there's no, there's no, you'd Monday. be dead. There's no Monday. There's not, no Monday. There's zero Monday Night Football Brother. for you. You have you've met your last Sunday Night Football. You're back to black, man. Yeah. I mean, you're Amy Winehouse to write out. You. This is we're, we're good. I um talking Big Wish 12, that Big 12 programs. Big 12. I, I've been to Tuscaloosa. I've seen the atmosphere at Tuscaloosa. I've seen the atmosphere around most of the stadiums in the Big 12. I think maybe the worst is TCU. I maybe TCU fans would agree they struggle to yeah. fill the place. You could yeah. argue Baylor struggles to fill the place, but mm-hmm. it gets loud. TCU. Yeah, and I would I would say putting putting them both at their best. I think McLean's a little bit better. I've seen both of them a couple of times. I think at their best, TCU still struggles to. To fill it and make a great atmosphere, and the and the students don't stay. So I'd agree with you there. Where do you think Baylor ranks? Uh, at their best, it is at their best. It is top half of the Big Twelve. Okay, because it does get loud. But are you saying every and it team? Used to be real great. Every team gets to be at its best for this scenario. Yeah, that that's what I'd have to put put them at is that every team at their best like I have been to I've been to DKR down in Austin and a good team and it was just big it wasn't anything really to it uh, it wasn't a rowdy atmosphere it was a night game it wasn't really rowdy um, same thing we went to OU last year a little bit of a different circumstance and it was 11 a.m. game great atmosphere around the place you know the tailgating and the campus shut down for the for the football game everything you'd like in a college football game day yeah but just eh, just eh. A lot of people there. Nothing special in the atmosphere. Not like what we both had at BYU last year. Yeah, you got to go see the Baylor game. Yeah, to, that, that was to incredible. you. It, when you take in all of the college football games you've been to, even really all of sports atmospheres, and and to think about this too, they're all sober. Yeah, this part. They're so not, it, it can be done. Ninety-five percent members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. So we all make this whole like, oh, if Baylor sold alcohol, things would be different. You know, which I think these, there is some truth to, but but the which, greater point is that yes, like being at UCF. If this you weekend, have a good culture around it, then being at UCF. So I, I grew up in good. Arkansas. I went to University of Arkansas games, and when I remember being eight and being like, "Oh, it smells like pee and cigarettes," that was college football Perfect. to me. Yeah. So when I got to Orlando, walking around the stadium, I mean, you had to walk through the mud to get around the crowd of people, and it smelled like it reeked of urine and beer. And I thought, so we're close. I thought, wow, quintessential college, college football. football. That's what it, I, I had been at Provo the day before, and you could smell cougar tails, the maple of a cougar tail. This was quintessential college football. And I had it been a night game at UCF, I think they, they're in the running for one of the best atmospheres in the Big 12. Would be, yes. If you put them all at their best from what we've seen, I think, I think they're right up there. But I saw, I saw at BYU the largest crowd they've had since 2009. And it makes me think, why can't Baylor have that? Why can't Baylor have, you know, Provo is, is 40 minutes, 45 minutes outside of Salt Lake City. 
Baylor is an hour and a half outside of Dallas. I don't think like, we always make that excuse that, oh, the alumni are in Dallas, the alumni are in, in Austin or Houston. Huh. You know, I get it. Yeah, Provo is not a huge city. Do you feel like, is Waco a college town? Is that where, uh, we, is that where we get into the semantics? Good question, Drake. Yeah, is Waco a college town? It's been very good to me as someone who went to college here, yeah. works at the college here. Is it a quintessential college town? No, it's not. No, it's not. And we've been to we've been to some. We went to Provo. We went to Norman. Um, I've seen some pretty good ones. Charlottesville, Virginia, really good one. Um, Waco is is not that. And I hope that changes. Well, yeah, it's. But I need I need murals of RG three downtown. Mm-hmm. I need the crosswalks to mm-hmm. be green and gold before we start calling it a, Norman, a Stillwater, Lubbock. Yeah, you, you walk down the, maybe Lubbock less than those two. Even. even College Station. Not that I want to live there, but right. that's a you. College you walk down the street and you think, "Oh, there's a game today." I wonder, outside of traffic, if people in Waco could tell, "Oh, there's a game today." Because the w- place where I live in Waco, on the other side of town from the stadium, no you, way. you wouldn't. You no wouldn't way. have any idea. No way. And Norman, I think you tell everywhere. Yeah, you can tell everywhere. Norman, all the cars have flags. There are signs everywhere. Game day. And I think Norman's a bad college town. I didn't enjoy it very much when and I BYU went, went together. BYU definitely was that way. When we got off the got off the exit a couple I, miles I away you, from we, the stadium, we were in traffic the whole way. And we were because there. Because it was game day. We landed walking. in Salt Lake City, ate at yeah. Chili's. We, yeah. That Chili's was probably 0.7 miles from where Utah plays its football games. And we both looked at, looked at each other and said, I wonder where Utah plays today. Yeah, I was like, are they at home today? Where's their game? And then we found out. What time is their game? They were in the middle of a game. Uh, as we were in down, and we had no idea in Salt Lake City that Utah was playing. Yeah, in a blowout game too. So you even would expect to see like people leaving the stadium. We didn't see that. No, and it just—I mean, Salt Lake City is a little bit bigger than Waco, obviously, and and that just had a feeling of a city with a college in it. It's like people say Boston or Austin are great college towns they because they have colleges there, and I'm like, well, that's not how that like works. Austin isn't a college town. Not at all. It's it's a it's a city. I think a really cool city, and it's good for young people, but it's not a college town. Norman is a college town. Yeah. Who has the best atmosphere in the Big 12? I think it's it's BYU because they have a rabid fan base that all celebrate one religion. They all are a part of one religion. Um, Cougar football. Maybe I'm generalizing for the you know couple thousand that aren't, but a majority of them are vast, and they use that. They lean on that. They show up to the games, and they yell. They support their team in every sport, soccer, football, volleyball, Scott Sterling, it doesn't matter. It's what they do. Scott Sterling, legend. And I hope... So and we're I, not... So you're not taking any other suggestions there. Lubbock um, at night, Stillwater at night in the cold. Yeah. They're right on top of you. That's a good one, man. Yeah. That's a good one. When will Baylor get there? I don't know. Hopefully soon. For Baylor. Hopefully soon. When will we get to Vern Lundquist? Well, that's coming up next. Vern Lundquist. Movie star. Dallas Cowboys. The SEC on CBS. And not the sickest man in America. And that's Jackie Smith. Today, he's right here on the Drake Toll Show. This is ESPN Central Texas. Waco is known for Texas traditions, a booming economy, and a world class university. It's a great place to live, and Monk Wilson Mandela is a proud member of the Waco community. Monk Wilson is a business law firm with deep Waco roots. They are proudly embedded in the Waco community and understand the immense potential of this growing city. Their attorneys live in Waco. They understand the court system unique to Waco and throughout Texas. When Monk Wilson attorneys represent you... 
they help you grow your business and bring relevant ideas to market. More importantly, they protect your business locally and nationally. They believe in the power of passionate people and innovative ideas. They believe in Waco. Learn more about Monk Wilson Mandela's Waco office by calling 254-362-2300 or visit their website, monkwilson.com. That's M-U-N-C-K Wilson.com. That number again, 254-362-2300. Hey, neighbor, I saw your license plate. Welcome to Texas. Thanks. I'm going to need a bigger mower for this lawn. Seems like everything's bigger here. (laughs) It sure is. And we're saving up for a big pool. Well, then you're going to need a high-yield CD from EECU. They have a 5.5% APY on a nine-month CD. 5.5%? That is big. Yep, we've done our banking with EECU for years, and we opened a CD just last week. It was fast and easy to open online. Just call 800-333-9934 or go to eecu.org slash high-yield and open your CD in under five minutes. Wow. What'd you call them? EECU? (laughs) That's right. They've been helping Texans grow their savings for over 85 years. You can't go wrong with EECU and a 5.5% APY, but hurry, go to eecu.org slash high yield today because it's a limited time offer. Thanks for the tip. Hey, uh, you don't know any good fishing spots, do you? Federally insured by NCUA. APY is annual percentage yield. $2,500 minimum deposit required from an external source. Membership requirements apply. For additional terms and conditions, call 800-333-9934. Flinging a green and gold worldwide on the web at SyntechSportsFan.com. Hi, I'm Mark Stewart with Bird Colgen Ford. It's that time of year. It's football season, and Bird Colgen Ford is a proud supporter of the best high school football teams right here in Central Texas. BK Ford is proud to sell the number one truck in Texas, the F-Series truck, led by our leading rusher, the F-150, 46 years in a row. Come to the largest showroom in Texas and experience better at Bird Colgen Ford. At Bush's Chicken, we start each day thinking of ways to better serve our customers. Our special cooking technique ensures great-tasting chicken and tenders. Plus, all the sides are prepared fresh each day. We take joy in our family serving your family. Before you end your day, we hope you'll stop by a Bush's Chicken near you. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? No, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at McAdamsRoofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. The Drake Toll Show. Oh, I thought it was George Lopez. (laughs) Four in the morning. Drake Toll, Darren Stewart, Aaron Sexton running the mothership. 
Cam, there is one legend in not just Texas sports broadcasting, but American sports broadcasting who growing up, I wanted to be because I would hear that CBS afternoon, the SEC. It was Vern Lundquist. He made it out of Everett, Washington, out of Austin, out of Dallas, and became a legendary figure. And he joins us today. Vern, how is it? You're in Colorado, as I understand it. Is that right? How's the weather over there, my friend? Uh, Drake, we're much cooler than you are. (laughs) It's it's currently 60 degrees. Oh, my goodness. 60 degrees. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Vern, uh, 92 degrees today. Than Drake Toll. Uh, yeah, 92 degrees, degrees today for us over here. Vern, um, you know, my, maybe my first question for you, and I should have asked this the first time we met, is being the son of a preacher, seminary, it seemed like that was top of mind for you at one point. How did you end up with all the Thick as Thieves media guys? Uh, well... I did spend one. My dad was a Lutheran minister, and uh, we moved to Texas to Austin when I was 12. And uh, when I graduated from Texas Lutheran in 1962, just a couple of years before you were born, uh, I had, uh, you know, I had a a major in sociology and a minor in history and no declared purpose in life. And so uh, I had started working my senior year in in Seguin, where Texas Lutheran is located, at KWED, the uh, Sun Up Sun Down radio station, as an afternoon disc jockey, and having no declared purpose in life, I thought, well, I'll put this degree to use in some way, and I'll go to uh, Lutheran School of Theology in Rock Island, Illinois. Uh, that's where my dad had graduated in 1944. And so I got a part-time job across the Mississippi River from Rock Island at WOC Radio in Davenport, Iowa. And I was working from 9 to midnight, uh, Monday through Friday, at the radio station, and then uh, 8 o'clock Old Testament lessons at the seminary. And and I thought, and I, I knew guys within six weeks that I didn't have the purpose or the calling or the dedication that was required of that kind of a, of a profession. And so uh, about I, I decided that I had to see this through for one year. And so I did. I finished one year. But in the interim, I applied for a radio position, a summer replacement job at KTBC in Austin. And I was hired as an FM summer replacement disc jockey. Uh, this was August of 1960, uh, summer of 1963. And in August, uh, the sports director, uh, whom I'd grown up watching, took a job in Houston. And I thought, I know I'm not going back to theology school. And I thought, I'm going to, I love sports. I'd written about it in high school and college, had a sports column at, our, uh, at the newspaper. And I had done public address announcing, as I said, and, and uh, so I applied for the job, and uh, a legendary, legendary broadcaster named Cactus Pryor uh, hired me. Mm. And I was in Austin for three years and got legitimate for one year, went to San Antonio and anchored the 6 and 10 news, but I desperately missed uh, sports. So on my third try... I have been turned down twice. My third try, 
I was hired at WFAA in Dallas, and and I was there for 17 years. And the biggest break I got was getting assigned to the Cowboy broadcast, and that occurred to, to my everlasting gratitude. Shortly, I moved to Dallas. I moved to Dallas in '67, and uh, Tex Ram called me and and the general manager of the Cowboys and, and asked me to do the pre and post game show. That's how I started. Wow. Uh, another legendary, legendary sports writer, Blackie Sherrod, who was a columnist of the Times Herald, and Blackie was the color guy. And Bill Mercer, who is still living, Bill is ninety seven and in retirement in uh, Richardson, Texas. Uh, Bill was the play by play guy, and so that that was the big break I got was getting on the Cowboy broadcast. Uh, Blackie decided he didn't want to do it anymore. They promoted me to the color guy, uh, and then Bill Mercer took a job when the Washington Senators moved to uh, Arlington. Bill had always wanted to do play-by-play of a Major League Baseball team. He did that, and the play-by-play job opened up, and, and Tex put me in that spot. And and I, I'm getting a little long-winded about this, but I had an opportunity to go to uh, Los Angeles as a sports director at KT, KNXT, the, yeah. the uh, O&O, uh, CBS O&O, and I verbally accepted it. And I thought, you know, this is a big jump from from uh, Dallas to, to L.A. And we, I, I came back from verbally accepting that job, hopped on the Cowboy Charter to New Orleans for Super Bowl six, and told Tex that, he said, don't sign anything till we talked. And that's when he offered me the play-by-play job. And he said, if you can do it, and obviously I think you can, you don't have to go to the network. The network will find you. And that is precisely what happened. Two years. He, he said, we're going to be pretty good. Yeah. And, and, he, was, and, and he was right. Yeah. Were. Yeah. And so I kind of rode that cowboy uh, bullet train. And uh, and then in 1974, uh, got my first opportunity to do play-by-play. That was with ABC. I was there for eight years, and then went to CBS in '82, and and I'm still quacking at CBS. So, although my quacks have been reduced to one week a year. Wow. Well, Vern, I, I am honestly shocked that you didn't say bowling for dollars was your big start. And I'm going to hang up on you right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I, uh, God. Vern, when I mentioned around the office that uh, you were coming on today, one of our sales guys said, oh, yeah, Vern Lundquist, bowling for dollars. And I thought, yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know, that show was only on the air for two years. Um, I was embarrassed to do it. <laughs> but now I realized how important it, it really became. Uh I when when they told me they wanted me to do it, I said I'm not I, I'm not a game show host. I'm a sports broadcaster, and my the program director at at, uh, at Channel Eight said we knew you were going to say that. So here's a telephone number, and it was the number for Chick Hearn, who uh, was the Los Angeles Lakers radio broadcaster and a, a Hall of Famer for sure. Yeah, and he also hosted Bowling for Dollars in L.A. And so I called him. He very graciously took my call. And I said, Chick, uh, uh, you tell me about the program. He told me about the format. And they were on KTLA in L.A., an independent station. And I said, well, how's it doing the ratings? 
and I'm going to date myself here, but he said, uh, Huntley Brinkley, NBC, we kill him. Walter Cronkite, we leave him in the dust. <laughs> and whatever ABC puts up, they're, they're, they're trailing us by a mile. And I got a little uppity. And I said, but Chris, you're the radio broadcaster for the Lakers. What about your reputation? And he, he said, listen to me and listen closely. Do the show. Take the money they're, they're going to pay you. Build a pool in your backyard and move on with your life. <laughs> you know, Vern, this sounds a lot like what Drake told me to, to get this show started today. It's eerily similar. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah. A little uppity Drake telling me to build a pool. Yeah, Vern, but... I, I told him, you know, <laughs> if, he, if he's going to join me as a co-host, that he'll build a pool in the backyard and forget about it. Yeah, there you are. Just move on with your life. Yeah. Now, Vern, I have, I mean, look, I am a big fan. You have covered all the great events that we'd all love to do. But my first question, the first thing that came to mind when Drake said we're having you on today was, I just got to know the experience of, at this point, you've done decades of serious sports broadcasting as well as bowling for dollars. Um, and you get the call to be in one of the great comedy films of the 90s. Tell me your experience of working with Adam Sandler and doing Happy Gilmore. Uh, yeah, it's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> it's got to be, right? <laughs> oh, it sure is, yeah. Because, you know, uh, we did my part of it, and I'm all over the back half of the film. Uh, my part of it was filmed in one day at in Vancouver, British Columbia. Wow. And uh, I, they flew me up, uh, gave me a script, uh, reported at 7 o'clock the next morning, and honest to God, I had to go to hair and makeup. Can you imagine? Oh. And, and, and so uh, they, they had, uh, had leased an empty hospital building, and Adam Sandler was there. It was very late in the, in the shoot. They probably had a week to go. And I, so I met him, and, uh, and everything, everything we did was in the backyard of this hospital, and they had 400 extras going back and forth uh, beside us. And the fellow sitting to my left, and this is an inside story, but I love telling it. Uh, his name is Jack Jarpudo. And the morning of the shoot at 7 a.m., Jack was there. And it turns out he was Adam Sandler's roommate at New York University of Film School. And he's an extremely handsome guy. So Dennis Drake, the uh, Dennis Dugan, rather, the director, who was also in the film, uh, Dennis played the PGA commissioner. He looked at Jack and he said, let's do something funny for us. He said, I want you to sit in Vern, uh, beside Vern, uh, and just look at him and react. But you can't say a word because you're not a member of the Screen Actors Guild. So all Jack did was sit there and look, look handsome and, and nod his head. And it, it was just a gag. It was <laughs> wow. It was just intended for for Adam and I've I've got a photo down in my office here in Steamboat uh, of let's see Chris O'Donnell who was Shooter McGavin, uh, Jack the bearded caddy and Dennis Dugan and Adam Sandler and uh, I you know that that show it came and went in theaters it didn't amount to much. And uh, but then it got on cable, and people watch it once a month on USA Cable. Yeah, it's a cable yeah. darling, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and they they actually invited Nancy and me to come to the world premiere, 
which was on the Universal lot in Hollywood. And we flew out, and that is the one time I got to meet Bob Barker. He was there. Wow, that's my next question. And, there we go. Yeah, yeah. I got to meet him at, at the at the world premiere. And, of course, we just lost him, what, two weeks ago, yeah, three yeah, weeks ago? Yeah, weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Had a run. But, you know, it, it, it comes up the show. I get asked about it all the time. Did you expect and that? I did not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, but it's it's so because it's con- given me a connection now yeah. across two generations. Yeah. Honest to God, you know, college kids watch it all the time. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, and and so that connection just leaps across, and it gives me a a sense of uh, of meaning to these young kids who are in college and and young men like yourself. Yeah. So I, I I I love what it meant to, just in, to my life. Uh, to do to be involved in that movie, yeah. Well, Verna, I uh, you know you look at the the decades and decades of your career, and now in quasi retirement. I mean, you're not, you're not all the way retired. They're still bringing you back for the Masters, and and that's been that was so cool to hear. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks after you and I got to meet this past spring, for you post football and basketball and and figure skating, what is life yep. like? I mean, do you miss it every day, or or was it time? Well, I sure miss uh, the SEC. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that became uh, probably the greatest assignment I ever had. I did 17 years, uh, first six with Todd Blackledge, and then 11 with Gary Danielson. Yeah. And uh, they they're doing a very very kind thing. Uh, um, this will be the last year the SEC is on CBS. Mm-hmm. Uh, the contract expires and goes to ESPN. And I notice, I bet you guys have noticed that we're doing. Brad and Gary are doing a number of Big Ten games because yep. we, we moved to the 330 slot, the Big Ten, next year. Uh, but they have invited Nancy and me back to Atlanta uh, to attend the SEC championship game this year. And that'll be very emotional for everybody. Sean McManus, uh, David Burson is about to take his place, uh, Gary, Brad, myself, anybody, and Craig Silver, the producer, and Steve Milton, the director, uh, they've Craig has been with that series now since 1996. Mm. So imagine how much of an investment he's, he's had. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I'm thrilled that they're asking us back, but there'll be some tears yet. Yeah. He's all part. Of, I mean, it's you and Paul Feinbaum in SEC country, maybe uh, saving yeah. underneath that a little bit. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> Uh, That's well, good company. <laughs> I, well, I'd love to ask, I mean, kind of off the same question that Drake had, but just what, what are your days looking like now? You know, you're obviously, you, you got to keep up with it, You're but you're in beautiful steamboat, you know, sounds like you're kind of yep. keeping to yourself, but finger on the pulse. Well, I, I, I live, I'm, I'm, I did the NFL forever, mm-hmm. uh, as well as the, the college football, uh, my first ever college football. I had the greatest gig in the world back in the in the mid eighties. Uh, Brett Musburger and uh, and Eric Parsegian were doing the league game. They got the Big Ten. Pat Hayden and I, the retired USC athletic director, Pat and I were doing the Pac twelve then. Now the Pac two. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And and but every day they would call they'd call Brent and Era and say, okay, you guys are going to West Lafayette. Uh, Pat, you and Vern, you're going to Stanford. Uh, Pat and Vern, you're going to yeah. Southern Cal. Brett, That's not bad. You're going to Indiana, and and so, um, but I, I fell in love with college football then. Uh, 
And then they decided when Terry Bradshaw retired in 82, uh, they put Terry and me together in the NFL. And we were together for two years, uh, split us up without any explanation. That's the way of network television. No explanation at all. And then put us back together two years later. Uh, so we were together 88 and 89. And then I I worked one year with uh, Dan Deerdorf. And then I got the call from Sean. He said, uh, we're going to move you to college football. And, and uh, all of a sudden, we became very familiar with the Atlanta airport. Yeah. The rest is history. I, I, and I, I love the SEC. <clears throat> and, you know, uh, I was asked tons of times, well, what's your favorite uh, site, game site or city? And I could never say it when I was actually doing the SEC games. But uh, we fell in love with Athens, Georgia, mm. and the University of Georgia. We got very close friends there. But I felt equally strong about, uh, not equally, not quite, but Tuscaloosa, yeah. uh, I love doing games in Auburn. Uh, it's a wonderful college atmosphere there. Um, not so nuts about the University of South Carolina. Because <laughs> not a the, Columbia uh, fan. Yeah, well, I, you know why? Because the stadium is not part of the campus. Uh, and I'm, I'm just... Yeah, we know about that around here. ...in adjacency. And, uh, and the stadium in, in Columbia is out of the state fairgrounds. It's about a four-mile drive, and the only only restaurant is across the street, Popeyes. So if you love fried. <laughs> this sounds just like the old stadium we had here in Waco, Vern. It sounds like that's exactly what you're describing. <laughs> you know what? We drove. When did we do this? Oh, it's been a while. But we drove by the new stadium. I have not been inside, but holy cow! Yeah, beautiful. It looks marvelous. Yeah, you could be a guest of ours anytime. Right, Vern. We got to fly you if you're going to SEC championship. We'll fly you out the week before for Baylor's Senior okay. Day against West Virginia. Uh, just the okay. same pageantry. <laughs> um, oh, I'd love that. Yeah, Vern. Uh, I, we've, we've kept you way over what I asked from you, and I thank you for that. And, and thank you for coming on this. Before we get you out of here, we have our Bear Games question of the day. We're asking every caller yourself. You're not exempt from this. From okay. uh, from the Leitner shot to the. By George, the dream is alive, and Davis. I mean, you got some great moments in there. We're asking Baylor fans, after they they surmounted a 35-7 deficit to beat UCF 36-35, what is the craziest comeback, Vern, you ever called? Oh, gosh. Uh, You know what? I did not get to see that game because I have a a legitimate explanation. (laughs) We had a good friend who, who passed away about a month ago. And they did a celebration of his life last last Saturday. So I missed the game, but I darn sure read about it. I'm trying to think now. Uh, well, the craziest finish ever. Uh, let me let me because my memory is not as good as it used to be. Uh, it was 2013, the Iron Bowl, and that was when Chris Davis returned a missed field goal, 109 yards for a touchdown. Uh, that wasn't the biggest deficit ever. But that was the most thrilling game I ever called. And, to, to beat out the Leitner uh, game, that's pretty impressive, Vern. Well, you know. You got some great ones to choose tomorrow. from, but that's really impressive. Well, uh, uh, a guy named Mike Vaccaro, who's with the New York Post, wrote a column. And I was called immediately after the game, where would you put this in terms of the other moments that you've been lucky to be a, a, a part of? 
and of course I've had Jack in '86 and and Tiger in '05 and Leitner in '92, and I said uh, probably probably tied for second, and 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 then the next morning I read Bacaro's column who said it was the greatest finish in the history of all sports, and I thought well maybe I better reassess this. <laughs> wow. So. Uh, you know, that was Mike's opinion. Uh, the Leitner shot, I mean, honest to gosh. Uh, I did that with Lenny Elmore yeah. of the game. And just as a, as a sidebar to that, uh, uh, we had Leslie Visser was our sideline reporter. And the re- radio broadcaster for Kentucky was a legend. And he was going to uh, retire whenever Kentucky lost or if they won the national title. Well, this is the regional semis, regional finals, rather, in Philadelphia. And Leslie never got on the air because the game was too compelling. And then Leitner was perfect throughout the game. Uh, Seven rebounds, 10 for 10 from the field, 10 for 10 from free throws. And when he he hit the shot, uh, this is the part that I'll treasure forever. We didn't get Leslie on, on the floor. But Mike Krzyzewski went out amid the celebration, and instead of going to the Duke radio broadcaster, Bob Harris, Mike curled back and went on the air live with Kaywood Ledford to tell him after 39 years of Kentucky basketball what he had meant to the sport that that Mike loved and Kaywood loved. And uh, I'll treasure that memory of watching Mike uh, go over and and sit with Kaywood Ledford. It was it it still gives me goosebumps to think about it. Wow. Vern Lundquist, thank you so much for joining the the inaugural, the day one of the Drake Toll show here on ESPN Central Texas today. Well may you have sixty one more years together. <laughs> we'll see about that, Vern. You enjoy Steamboat and send us some of that cold weather soon. Okay, I sure will. Talk to you soon, guys. Thanks, Vern. Thanks, Vern. That is the great Vern Lundquist, former voice of the Dallas Cowboys, CBS, SEC on CBS, the Masters, and Olympic figure skating. That's Cameron Seward over there. Drake Toll right here. Aaron Sexton on the board. Day one in the books, boys. This has been and always will be on ESPN Central Texas, the Drake Toll Show. Go Cowboys! This is Dallas Cowboys football 2023. Shotgun for Prescott. Looking left, looking right. Only heard here. Little check down to Dowdle on the right side. Running hard. All season. Rico Dowdle. Touchdown, Cowboys. Sunday night. It's your Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. Live from Levi's Stadium. On this Dallas Cowboys radio network station. It's the Cowboys and the 49ers, Sunday starting with the pregame at 6 here on ESPN Central Texas. At CMC Auto Group, we don't have a popcorn machine in the lobby or any other crazy gimmick to get you in the door. I'm Justin Kramer. When you walk in, you will be greeted by me or Julio. We have been selling quality, pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs for the last 20 years by offering upfront best cash price to save you time and money. At CMC Auto Group, I want to invite you to come by Highway 6 and Imperial, shake my hand, and see what makes us different. Elevate your career with a new job at Time Manufacturing Company. First, second, and third shifts are available. CNC machinists start at $21 an hour. Welders start at $22 an hour. And second and third shift differential is an additional $250 an hour. Time Manufacturing is a leading global manufacturer of vehicle-mounted aerial lifts, digger derricks, bucket trucks, and bridge inspection equipment.